Hi, and welcome to The Ready Room, the Trex in Sci-Fi microcast. I'm Rick, and I play Counselor Margon, the ship's counselor on the Arabella. I'm Jen, and I play Dr. Ryla Drett and Commander Savril. And this is Kenny, and I play the captain, Nathan Quinn. So on today's show, we um, are actually coming back from a pretty long hiatus, at least from the three of us. We've all done individual shows um, for The Ready Room, but... um. This is the first time all three of us have come back together. We just started Season 9, so we will be discussing uh, uh, up to post-20 on Season 9. And then we will have some final thoughts, probably talk about where we see the season going and and, uh, just general stuff. So that's going to do it for today's show. Accessing library computer data. Initiating the story so far. Enter when ready. The first post was written by Star Trek Fanatic 5 and read by Star Trek Fanatic 5. Captain's Log It's been three weeks since my abduction into the Mirror Universe. The Arabella took heavy damage from the battle with the Borg and is currently docked at Starbase 416 for repairs. They tell me we could be here for a few months. I gave the crew a much-needed shore leave. We are near the Oga system. And I heard August 2 is completely covered in forests. I might try and convince Nick to visit them with me. Dr. Peterson has worked his magic along with the staff at Starbase 416. They managed to save 90% of my crew that had been assimilated. But sadly, we still lost 57 crewmen. I placed commendations for bravery in their Starfleet records. I still haven't heard from my first officer. All I can do is wait and hope she returns to us quickly and safely. I have temporarily promoted Lieutenant Commander Eric James as my first officer and Lieutenant Daniel Tucker to third in command. Both men will serve me well in these positions. It is almost 0500 and I am due in the afterburner for a promotion ceremony. Computer, in log. The next post was written by Just X and will be read by Billy Bob. Eric softly kissed the foreheads of Marin and Elizabeth, who both lay asleep in the bedroom that they shared in his quarters. The children rested peacefully as a result of the picnic adventure that the lieutenant had taken the kids on the day before. 
Eric had hardly made it through the beginning of their bedtime story before they both had drifted off. Rory watched her father from her position leaning in the doorway. It was hard to believe that he was the same man barely a month ago. A weight had been lifted from his shoulders right before Savril and Arya left with Saren, and she could not help but notice it. What time is it? Eric asked in quiet words that hardly registered over a whisper. It's 0413, Rory replied with a smile. You've been watching them all night, just as you did the night before. Eric nodded. It wasn't the first time he missed sleeping while caring for the girls. He didn't even bother to explain his reasoning to his holographic daughter again. He needed little sleep, and he wanted to be there if either girl woke up in the night. For a three-year-old, Elizabeth had sleeping habits as bad as her adopted father, and Marin had too many reasons for nightmares to haunt her dreams. Her mother and her brother were not on the ship, and being a twin, it was rare for her to ever be without one of them. "'How are you holding up, father?' Rory asked with genuine concern as they exited the room. "'My daughters are in another universe with their mother searching for Naval, and we don't know when they are coming back. Marin misses them.' Eric replied in what vaguely passed as an even tone. You missed them as well. Beyond words, but we have other things to deal with, Eric said with a sad smile. I already have a full day planned for the girls, since you have the promotion ceremony and your shift taking up most of yours, Rory said in an attempt to steer the conversation to a better subject. Both father and daughter knew where the conversation would head if it stayed on its previous heading. Rory wanted him to speak with the counselor, and he somehow could never find the time. Thank you, Rory. I know how babysitting duty has been taking up a lot of your time. In a few days, Dennis will have his mobility back, and we can split the time a little more. By splitting the time, you mean giving me a larger break, while your time with the girls stays roughly every second that you aren't on duty. Rory grinned. She knew that Eric would not allow himself to worry or be upset when he was with the girls. It wasn't the help that she wanted him to get, but it was helping. I need to change and get to the ceremony, he answered. There was really no need to state the obvious. Eric needed the girls as much as they needed him in the last few weeks. After your shift ends, you should have time to see Counselor Margon. I've even made you an appointment. Dennis and I will be taking the children on a hollow adventure, and then we're going to come back and make some sort of messy chocolate and tense snack with them. You won't need to rush home. Eric forced a smile. Thanks for looking out for me. Someone needs to father, since you are dead set on ignoring how you feel about them leaving. Eric had nothing left to add to the conversation and simply nodded. He headed in the direction of his room for a quick shower and a change of uniform. Our next post is written by Hawkeye Meds and read by Meds. Joseph looked in the mirror. His hair kept falling into his vision and no matter how many times he drew his hand over the strands, it kept falling down. Getting slightly irritated by the fact that he had been doing this action for 20 minutes, he decided to use some gel. Putting a small amount into his palm, he rubbed it in and then slicked it into his fringe and drew his fingers back through his hair. He looked at himself for a moment and smiled. There's better. Turning round, he bent down and picked up his book and put it on the table in front of the mirror. Looking back up at his image, he smiled again but his eyes slowly drew up to see his hair gradually drop down again into his vision. Ah, fine. Shaking his head, he let it fall into a natural state. Strangely, this worked, and he parted slightly to the right and hung well. Well, it'll have to do. Joseph pulled his tunic down, and he made sure his uniform looked a lot more presentable than his hair. Looking around his room, Joseph felt content and happy. He felt at home aboard this ship, 
and he felt he had a good family bond with his colleagues. Well, time to get going. Before he left, he picked up his cricket bat and did a few practice strokes. He aimed to beat Katam when they left the ship. Swinging his bat, he imagined cracking a brilliant shot over the oval and raising his bat to the audience's applause. Ah, you gotta love this game. Placing his bat on his chair, he smiled again and left his quarters for the ceremony. The next post was written by Iceman and read by Dangelus. Dr. Peterson sat in his office for a few minutes. It was the first time he had had to sit down since the last mission. This mission had taken its toll on him physically, and it showed as a few white hairs were visible around his sideburns and the bags under his eyes from lack of sleep were quite visible. He had a haggard look that seemed to foster his inner strength as well as the respect of his staff and fellow crewmates. After the deborgification at Starbase 413, it was evident there were few doctors who were more dedicated to their patients. He was truly exhausted. He hated to lose crew members and he took it personally. It was the one part of his job he hated and he never got used to it. Perhaps, he thought to himself, this dedication to my patients and great respect for all life and the preservation of it is what has made me a capable physician. But the loss of 57 crew members had truly bothered him. He looked up from his desk in time to see Maella walk in with a smile on her face. Hun, it's almost time to go. Thanks, dear, he replied as he tugged on his dress uniform and pulled it down. You look rather dashing in your blues, dear, Maella replied as she straightened his purple heart. You don't look so bad yourself, my dear, Dr. Peterson replied as he took her arm in his and they headed out of sickbay to the afterburner for the promotion ceremony. Our next post is a joint post between Jen and Moyer777 and it will be read by Jen. She drew her arms over her chest in a subconscious display of social withdrawal. The bullion seated across from her presented the trill with a friendly smile. He and the good doctor had been meeting every day for three weeks. She'd come a long way, but Ryla was far from the effervescent woman that he knew prior to the Borg attack. Despite her posture, she attempted to return his smile. The counselor drew a breath to speak, but his patient surprised him by beginning their dialogue. Her tone was gentle, but tired. You're going to ask me how I feel today, and I'm going to inform you that I don't feel anything. You'll play a soothing musical number in an attempt to relax me, which will help a little. You'll activate the therapeutic holo program, and then I'll be confronted with... Her voice trailed off as she thought of the last time she had physically been in the afterburner. The trill had entered the Arabella's lounge many times in her nightmares, and in Margon's holo sessions but she hadn't actually stepped foot in that place since the day she died. Ryla's light brown eyes were directed at the floor a moment, as she mustered the courage to admit failure and suggest that they end the pointless session. She opened her arms and moved them to her sides to grip the seat of her chair. I appreciate your diligence, Margon. You're a good man and a talented counselor, but this isn't working. I just have to accept the fact that I'm never going to be Ryla Dread again. That part of me did not come back. It's still dead. The word dead rolled from her lips impassively. And this? She waved her hands about her. This is all a futile attempt to resurrect it. He paused a moment as he carefully considered a response. Perhaps, the counselor said in a comforting tone, we're going about this the wrong way. May I suggest we plan a memorial for Dread instead? 
Ryla moved her gaze from the carpeted floor to meet Margon's eyes. A quizzical look washed over her face. There comes a point when you have to stop living in the past. I know that joined trills aren't used to that, but you're right. Dret is dead. Perhaps we need to bury that individual and get on with Ryla. The petite woman regarded Margon in stunned silence. She wasn't sure whether he was being sarcastic or serious. No, he wasn't joking. She had never considered a memorial. Her people didn't survive their symbiotes. Memorials were more common among deceased hosts. Would a funeral solve her problem? She felt cold. Did that missing spark belong to Dret or to Ryla? Who is Ryla? She had convinced herself that that bold, sparkling portion of their joined persona had belonged to Dret. But that wasn't true. When the two were united, they each brought something unique to the table. She had added the vibrant, charismatic traits to the rich tapestry of Dret's history, and the symbiote had given her the wisdom that she would have otherwise lacked. She shook her head slowly. The counselor was right. If she was going to get on with her life, she would have to do this. Margon placed his hand on Ryla's shoulder. You're a courageous woman. I know you could do it, he said reassuringly. And if you need my help in putting a memorial together, you know where to find me. In the meantime, consider adjusting to your new life by making physical changes. Maybe you can try a new hairstyle, or rearrange your quarters, she interrupted him, or change my name. He frowned slightly and considered the question a moment, then nodded slowly. If you think that will help you move on, but would it not honor the symbiote if you kept it? It's something to think about. Maybe you should ask your friends. How long has it been since you've spoken to them? Spring asks about you every time we've crossed paths. I couldn't face Maggie. She's too happy. Margon chuckled. I think being around chirpy people is exactly what you need. Maybe she can accompany you to the lounge. It might be good to take a fertilian with you when you go. We're celebrating Dunn and DeCollin's promotions in the afterburner this evening. Maybe you should attend. Doctor's orders. I need to think about all of this. She was tearing up now. Especially the memorial. Finality can be so... Well, final. She smiled weakly as she stood up. If it's okay, I think I'm going to go home now. Of course, replied Margon. I know this isn't traditional, but... The counselor bent down and lightly embraced the petite trill with a friendly hug. Ryla didn't know how to react. On one hand, she wanted to fall into his arms sobbing. She needed a father at that moment. On the other hand, she wanted to push him away for invading her personal space. So many emotions were competing for dominance within her. Ryla decided to compromise and patted Margon on the back. Thank you, she whispered, then turned and quickly made her way to the door. Margon followed her to the exit and watched her stride down the corridor to the lift. He knew it wasn't going to be an easy task, but he was certain that Ryla's tenacity would see her through. Our next post is written by Dangelus and read by Dangelus. Lester sat cross-legged on the floor of his quarters, arms outstretched in front of him. He had just completed a double shift in engineering and was feeling the worst for it. Attempting to meditate, Lester found his mind wandering to thoughts concerning his new assignment and became too distracted to perform the practice. Getting up, he made his way to the seat at his desk, sighing to himself. Computer, new personal log entry. The computer chirped in acknowledgement. Begin recording. Personal log, Ensign Lester Garris. 
It has been two weeks since my transfer to the Arabella, and the repairs and engineering are progressing satisfactorily. I was hoping to meditate for a while before catching up on some sleep, but I have been informed that my presence is required at a promotion ceremony in two hours. No, strictly that's not correct. It was suggested that I attend by a superior so that I can familiarize myself with the crew. In truth, I am not looking forward to the experience, and the thought of mingling is quite disconcerting. Nevertheless, it is the correct thing to do in this case. Perhaps I will attempt to meditate on my return. End recording and save. The next post was written by Brian CD and read by Moyer777. Anson Christopher Dunn sat on the edge of his bed. The constricting collar of his dress uniform made it hard to breathe while sitting down. He looked around at his small cabin. A picture of his father and stepmother sat on his dresser, while a picture of his mother stood by his bed. They were back on Earth, his father still living in the same town that Christopher had been raised in. His mother had long moved away to a sunnier climate. Christopher was so like her in many ways, athletic, driven, independent. They were the qualities that helped him the most during his time at Starfleet Academy and the past months on the Arabella. He glanced down at his hand, which shook slightly recalling the past mission. He wondered if it, if it would eventually go away, or perhaps it should not. Perhaps it would serve as a reminder as to how precious life is and how he would fight to defend the lives of those he loved those at home on Earth, and those of his crewmates. He stood up and looked at himself in the mirror. Mom would be proud. Our next post was written by Shepard, also read by Shepard. Leaning against the blank wall next to sickbay, Reese proceeded to shuffle his hands in a tense manner. He couldn't seem to hold still. He watched as the repair crews hurried down the halls to do their jobs. Reese had been feeling a little bored since docking. There really wasn't much for a science officer to do in the current situation. He couldn't concentrate on anything anyway. No matter what he tried to do, whether it was swordplay, cards, holodeck, he couldn't stop thinking about her. Rosemary Myers, he whispered to himself. She was the reason he stood outside sickbay. He didn't want to go in. He felt like if he did, he'd come off too impulsive. But he still wanted her to know he cared. The sickbay doors opened. Reese jumped to alertness as Rose stumbled out with a shiny metal cane in her hand, and the left leg of her uniform cut off several inches above the knee. Glad to see you up on your feet again, Reese said, looking at her bare leg, now freed from Borg encasing. Bits and pieces still remained visible, but it was far more flesh now than it was when she had entered sickbay nearly an hour ago. She stopped walking and placed her Borg hand on the cane to free her left hand. Hi, Reese, she replied, swiping hair from in front of her eye. With her free hand, she tucked it behind her ear. What are you doing here? Oh, just came by to see how you're doing. Better now. It's still a little hard to walk. There's still implants running through it, but now I don't feel so lopsided. One leg no longer encased in Borg engineering. Doctor said it'll just need use. End time. Looks plenty better, Reese replied, smiling, in an attempt to get a smile out of her lips. She lowered her head sorrowfully. Reese looked into her one eye as she stared intently at the floor, a blank expression on her face. So you planning to go to the afterburner for the ceremony? Huh? 
She looked up. Yes, I intended on going. Great, I'll walk you there. First, you can walk me to my quarters. I'd like to change into something that isn't so revealing. Reese put his arm around her shoulder, taking on her weight, and they proceeded down the corridor. Our next post was written by Wraith1701 and read by Billy Bob. The buzzing of the alarm clock yanked Katan awake. He quickly sat up, his head spinning slightly as he glanced around the room. Taking in the pastel tapestries and subdued paintings decorating the walls, and the floral arrangement dominating the nearby workstation, he felt a momentary sense of disorientation. Swinging his legs out of the bed, he accidentally kicked over a bottle resting on the floor. The sharp, citric smell of vodka assaulted his nostrils as the bottle spun away. Katan rested his throbbing head in his hands, trying desperately to still the spinning of the room. Where am I, and how much did I drink? A soft, warm hand landed on his naked thigh, simultaneously kicking his heartbeat into high gear and banishing the cobwebs clouding his memory. Leaving so soon? Sultry voice purred. Katan glanced at the smiling face of Lieutenant Applegate. She grasped his arm and playfully tugged him back towards the bed. The chief tactical officer stood and grabbed his rumpled uniform from a nearby chair. I'm sorry, I have to prepare for the award ceremony, he replied. Two worthy crewmen are being promoted today. It would be dishonorable for me to miss the event. After pulling on his pants and uniform tunic, Katan sat back down to fasten his shoes. He turned to offer his companion a sheepish grin. If you like, I guess you could join me there. Perhaps we could get some dinner afterwards. Applegate answered with a chuckle of disdain, and settled back into the bed. No thanks, I'm not a big fan of ceremonies. Boring. She yawned and snuggled into the covers. And me and some friends are playing Domjot after our shift, so I'll have to take a rain check on dinner. Perhaps tomorrow, then? Katan asked. She pulled the covers down, exposing only her eyes. I don't know. We'll see. Katan silently rolled his eyes, then started to get up. Applegate sat up and placed a restraining hand on Katan's shoulder. Look, last night was fun and all, but that's all it was. Fun. She leaned her head on his shoulder and offered a consoling smile. I know that you think of yourself as a Klingon, but you don't have to take the name so literally, guy. Don't get all clingy on me. I'm not looking for a relationship. Desperately trying to stifle a sigh of relief, Katan stood and headed to the door. Well, I guess I'll see you around then. As the door whispered shut behind him, Katan walked briskly towards his quarters. A nagging sense of guilt nibbled relentlessly at his conscience, and as they had for the past three weeks, his thoughts drifted to the resurrected Dr. Trett. As always, those thoughts were flavored by a sense of shame. Shame for his inability to deal with the doctor's death and resurrection. Each of his visits with the Trill since her rebirth had felt forced and awkward. His clumsy attempts at consoling her had felt inadequate, to say the least. Katan found himself at a loss on how to approach her. Was she the same person he had felt drawn to before the death of her symbiont? The door to his quarters hushed open at his approach, and he quickly ducked inside. Just enough time for a shower and a change of clothes, he thought. Somehow, though, he doubted there was a shower strong enough to wash away his sense of shame. The next post was written by Hawkeye Meds and read by Hawkeye Meds. The door slid open and Susan removed the surgical scanners and she placed them back in their rightful place. She smiled and then asked the computer, for the fifth time, what the time was. Realising that she still had a little longer to wait until the ceremony started, she took the scanners back out and re-cleaned them. A good day, Susan. 
Susan spun round the little jump and looked at the figure in the doorway. I would have knocked, but uh, these doors were just attached too quick. Joseph de Carlin cocked his head to one side. His hair flopped into his vision and this made Susan laugh. You still can't get that fringe right, can you? She walked over to de Carlin and gently stroked the wavered strands back over his forehead and looked into his eyes. They gazed at each other for a few seconds. But then Joseph broke the connection. Oh, I'm not sure about this outfit. Susan ran her hand down his tunic and smiled at him. Nothing wrong with a dress uniform, Joe. It makes you look... Mm, a bit less like a bush tucker man. <laughs> you best watch those words, young Sheila, or you'll be having a witchy grab for after the ceremony meal. He winked at her and offered her his hand towards the open glass door. Susan nodded curtly and passed him with a return wink. We have another joint post with Jen and in stitches, and it will be read by Jen. Ryla stared in wistful contemplation at the woman in the mirror. She stared back with the same pensive look glinting in her eyes and sighed as she smoothed the jacket of her dress uniform. The Trill decided to attend the promotion ceremony in the afterburner, despite her fear of the lounge and what had happened only a few weeks prior. Luckily, Mackie would be going with her. The Fertilian's ability to chemically affect the moods of others would be helpful. That, and Ryla had missed her friend. Mackie glanced at the mirror and grimaced. The light from the chronometer was glaring off her bald pate. She'd gotten used to the blue hair from the previous mission, but when the ears and the indigo skin went, the cotton candy hair looked out of place. So back to the usual. She read the chronometer and realized she was running late. Better hurry. She slapped on the blonde wig and adjusted it as she scooted out the door. She arrived at Ryla's quarters right on time, living up to her reputation for promptness, if not tidiness. As soon as Ryla opened the door, she reached out and straightened Mackie's hair, arranging it to cover the missing ears that were a native fertilian trait, but that Mackie seemed to be self-conscious about. Ryla offered a genuine smile to the fertilian. You did that on purpose, didn't you? Mackie attempted to return her smile, but her expression wobbled, and a tear rolled down her cheek. A faint smell of Vulcan red spice and eye salt escaped from her. She touched the place on Ryla's abdomen that was now empty. It's so quiet. Ryla covered her hand and the women shared a look of loss. Then Ryla's eyebrows drew down. You know, you're the only one, including me, who saw us as separate. Who communicated with each of us. Do you think you could do that with children in the womb? I, yes... After a certain point in development, I think so. She paused and rubbed her gill slits. There was no adult-infant interaction on her planet, but she'd been around gestating females of many species since she first arrived on Earth. No, I'm sure I can. So what? Ryla's mind started clicking as she threw herself into her work. That's my specialty, Mackie. Obstetrics. If you could talk to the baby, we'd know so much more than what hollow imaging can give us. Mackie was flabbergasted. A smell of overripe thorn flower fruit surrounded her now. Are you saying I could help you in sickbay? Yes. Ryla tried to smile again, but it didn't come as easily as it had when she first saw Ensign Farmer in her lopsided wig. She'd been avoiding the fertilian for weeks, believing that her friend's cheerfulness would be too much to endure. Ryla had no idea that Mackie was so grief-stricken. 
The loss of Dret had been the Trill's private sorrow, and she selfishly blocked everyone she knew from sharing it with her. Ryla wasn't used to seeing the ensign so upset. She wanted to hug Mackie, but instead, the physician shifted into professional mode and opted to recruit the botanist for the obstetrics department. She felt ashamed. Why couldn't she just say what was on her mind? She bit her bottom lip and met Mackie's eyes. I'm sorry I... A couple rounded the corner in the corridor and noticed the formerly deceased Trill. They whispered something as they approached. Ryla looked away as they passed her open doorway. Mackie drew a breath and scented the eloquent, conflicting emotions in Ryla. Her anger at being alive and alone. Her grief for the loss of the other half. Her shame for... for so many things. It was a bitter scent. Vulcan incense mixed with earth almonds. She nodded at her friend and realized that she was happy just to be in her presence again. She blew out the ameliorating scent of molasses. We need to go. A pleasant warmth washed over Ryla, and she knew instantly what Mackie had done. Thank you, she said as they moved down the corridor. The Trill experienced an involuntary shiver as they approached the double doors of the lounge. Ryla paused just outside and gazed up at the holographic sign that bore the blazing letters of the afterburner. Memories, emotions, and images burned through her mind like wildfire before being extinguished by the light apple scent of new dawn roses. She exhaled slowly, expelling the air she'd been holding hostage. I'm okay now. I could do this. She stepped forward and the doors obediently parted. The next post was written by Moyer77 and read by Moyer777. The faint purring sound drifted through the air as the crackling fire added warmth to the room. The large, comfortable couch was surrounded with brown root beer bottles and tissues strewn about. The blue man was wrapped in a soft blanket staring at the fire. One of his eyes welled up with tears and a small drop cascaded down his cheek. His other eye was, of course, artificial. The Borg had stolen his sight on one side. Even though technology made his new eye even better than the last, it wasn't the same. It was a constant reminder of the violent actions of the cybernetic race. He had counseled many through hard times before, but all he could describe assimilation as was rape, plain and simple. It was horrifying to say the least. Your very soul and essence being stolen and conformed to the collective was something no one should ever experience. The counselor sat, petting Mr. Mouse. It brought him much comfort. Such a simple creature. You feed it, give it some water, and scratch its ears, and you have a friend for life. Well, at least on their terms. And this creature didn't have to be counseled. Some catnip and an occasional mouse toy. That did the trick with his pet. Margon's workload had increased so much in the last few weeks that he was simply trying to catch his breath. He wiped the tear from his eye. Who counsels the counselor, he thought. This is what he'd been trained for, but admittedly, the pressure was on. Starfleet had considered sending another counselor to the ship for relief, but at this point he hadn't seen anyone. He rubbed the cat's ears and started to stand up. Mr. Mouse jumped off his lap and pranced off to his corner to get something to eat. Margon picked up some of the bottles and placed them in the reclamator. Computer, cancel fireplace, open closet. His quarters complied and the fireplace disappeared. The panel opened, revealing the counselor's clothes hung neatly in the closet. Okay, time for my dress uniform. 
be glad you don't wear clothes, my feline friend. Mr. Mouse looked up at him and squinted. Morgan would see his crewmates tonight, and many of them were now his clients. Of course, he would encourage them and smile. But a profound sadness possessed the counselor. It would be good for him to get out to the afterburner. It always helped him to be at a celebration. He was hoping to see Jadan at the, uh, the host of the afterburner tonight and catch up on all that was going on with him. Margon had been so busy, they hadn't talked lately. The next post was written by Jen and read by Jen. Ryla slowly scanned the room. The atmosphere in the lounge was lively and warm. Several officers, sporting their dress whites, were milling about, sipping drinks and sampling colorful appetizers. Her eyes passed over each individual before coming to rest on the proprietor of the afterburner. Jadan was laughing at the joke that Sira Frederick told to captivate a group of men. Now, Fred, you can't be delivering that brand of punchline in my bar. I have standards to uphold, he said half-heartedly to the beautiful Orion singer. Ryla's mind conjured the dim memory of Jadan Marley. A ghost pain stabbed at her midsection, causing her to wince. The Bajoran had been the one to carry her from the lounge after Talon Bowers seared a hole through her. Eventually, Jadan felt her eyes on him and he turned his gaze in her direction. His bright smile quickly fell. It seemed like a decade passed before it reappeared. He excused himself from the group and made his way to the entrance to welcome the two women standing just inside the doorway. Ryla felt the warmth of several Merlots numb her raw nerves. Mackie was working overtime. The smile she mustered for Jadan pushed dimples into her flushed cheeks. Hello, Jadan. Long time no see, Ryla said with a little more volume than she intended. And now we have a post written by Just X, and it will be read by Billy Bob. Clothed in his dress uniform, Eric James made his way into the lounge with a brilliant smile on his face. With his hormones no longer being regulated by his systems, his emotions had returned to the fore. The lust for life and adventure had quickly returned to him, and the joys in these moments were just as powerful as the emotional chaos that troubled his thoughts. Eric glanced around the room at the familiar faces gathered there. The acting XO paused when his eyes fell on Ryla. Part of him knew the pain of losing someone so close to you, but he couldn't find the words to offer comfort. At some point in the future, he would need to speak to her, but now was most assuredly not that time. The next post was written by Moyer777 and myself, and will be read by Moyer777. Miss Drett, or uh, Ryla, hello, Jadan said nervously. He wasn't sure how to address her now. For a moment, it was awkward until he moved closer. I'm grateful to see you, he quietly said, visibly in her comfort zone. How are you? Ryla bit her lip, looked him in the eye. I'm surviving, Jadan, as good as could be expected. Thank you for asking. He tried to make conversation, but it was failing quickly. What he really wanted to say was that he was sorry for her loss, but he'd never looked at a resurrected person before. He finally choked it out. Uh, Ryla, I'm sorry for your... She interrupted him. No need, Mr. Jadan. Thank you. But it is a new day. It is I that should thank you for your bravery and help. Jadan smiled and touched her arm. Can I get you anything, Ryla? She subconsciously pulled it away and tried to smile. Uh, venti Ractagino. My friend here is making me feel tipsy, and I need to sober up. She had fallen back on humor in order to make him comfortable. I'm not sure it'll help, but I'm willing to give it a shot. 
following post was written by Hawkeye Meds and read by Hawkeye Meds. Joseph and Susan walked into the afterburner. Looking a bit sheepish, Joseph let Susan walk in and he followed, allowing people to see her first. Several of the crew turned and waved at both of them. Joseph smiled and Susan waved manically, suddenly seeing Ryla talking to Jeanne and Mackie. Susan headed over to them. Joseph shrugged and headed to the bar looking for Katan, who still owed him several beers. Looking down at his white dress uniform, he laughed to himself and nodded to the second barman. Usual please, mate. Turning round, he leant on the bar and looked at all the people chatting and laughing. One of the crew walked past and smiled at him, and Joseph nodded, and this made him feel quite content. This post was written by Star Trek Fanatic 5 and read by Star Trek Fanatic 5. Nathan stood in front of his mirror straightening his jacket for the millionth time. It's been a while since he wore his dress uniform, and it seems he gained a little weight. The door chimed. Come in, he said, as he pulled on the jacket one more time. Nicholas Took entered looking very dapper in his dress uniform. He walked over to Nathan, who was still fidgeting with his jacket, and gave him a peck on the cheek. Stop fiddling with your jacket. You look great, he said with a smile. Quinn stopped and returned the smile. He walked over to his table and picked up a pad and started to read over his speech. Nick grabbed the pad out of his hand and laid it back down. Your speech is fine. You look wonderful. Now let's get going. Nathan laughed and took a deep breath. After you, Mr. Took. Nick walked out the door while Nathan looked one more time in the mirror before hearing Nick yell from outside the room, Leave it! Nathan chuckled to himself, picked up the pad, and left his quarters. Moments later, Quinn and Took entered the afterburner. The room was beginning to fill up, but several senior officers were still not there. So he and Nick walked over to the bar to grab a quick drink. And our next post is written by Brian C.D. and will be read by Dangelus. Carath was now officially running down the corridor. He was still in his cycling gear, his clipped shoes and helmet in his hand as he ran barefoot towards his quarters. He had lost track of time while riding a holodeck simulation of the Alpe de Huez climb from the Tour de France, and was now late getting ready for the ceremony in the afterburner. He figured five minutes to undress and shower, another ten minutes to jam himself into the dress uniform, two minutes to negotiate the way to the bar. He would just make it, assuming he could find his dress uniform. The next post was written by Shepard and read by Shepard. David and Rose entered the afterburner. David looked across the heads of the people till his eyes spotted the hairy-headed furball of a man. They walked round the crowd to the far wall where he stood. Fizzle saw them coming and pulled out a chair for Rose to sit down. Anything happened yet? Reese asked. Just population of the room, Fizzle replied. Good. Reese looked around at all the people. Then back at Fizzle. He seemed tense. He'd been like this for the past few weeks, ever since the attack. Reese returned his gaze to the crowd, but not without a quick glance in Rose's direction. Our next post is written by KC and will be read by Jen. And then the woman says, No, sir, but do you mind if I wait around here until someone does? It was her dirtiest joke yet, and Sarah was rewarded with the uproarious laughter of her companions. Sira sipped her drink and smiled as the compliments kept coming. She was the type of performer who didn't always need to be on stage to grab the attention of the audience. As long as there was a group of decent size and they were in her general vicinity, they were guaranteed a show. And if the audience was mostly male, 
which it usually was, they were treated to a no-bars-held comedy routine. Min always found charm in her mix of natural flirtatiousness and lack of censorship, and she found joy in the attention she gained from it. As her group commented on her delivery and went on to discuss other raunchy jokes, her eye caught sight of the two women Jadan had begun to converse with. She recognized the short-haired blonde immediately from the day of the Borg attack. She thought back on that moment as if it were a dream, a terrible nightmare that was too real for her liking. Sira had hidden herself away from the battle, forgetting every fighting tactic she had learned from her father and her own experience in school brawls. She could only watch the maddening blur of Borg assimilating and killing innocent lives, Starfleet officers firing their weapons, and Jadan and his friends trying to protect the two small children, Marin and Naval. The moment the Trill woman had been shot, something within Sira awakened her dormant instinct, and she took charge. She picked up the firearm Jadan had left behind and covered for him as he carried his wounded friend out. It didn't matter if the Borg had adapted to it or not. Any weapon was better than no weapon at all. She remembered the Vulcanoid child the Trill had tried to rescue from the shadows, and she immediately crossed over to her hiding spot. The boy was nowhere to be seen, but she found his sister and bent down to the toddler's level, holding out her arms. It's all right, she said. I'm going to get you out of here. And with one arm carrying the child and the other with the sidearm in tow, they made it out of the lounge. Sira had relied on the little one to alert her to any danger of a surprise attack from one of the many drones, but was relieved to have made it past the doors of the afterburner. However, the relief was short-lived when Marin called out the name at the sight of the lifeless body. Sure enough, there was the trill woman on the floor of the passageway. The little girl continued to cry out, but Sira kept moving. With each step she made, the wails of the toddler grew louder and louder. She wanted to stop and soothe the child to explain what was happening. She wanted to turn back so that perhaps Marin might be able to say goodbye to her protector. But she couldn't shake the memory of centuries-old images that depicted children weeping as they watched the people around them die in the name of warfare, forever suspended in time with nothing but despair. Tears stung Sira's eyes as Marin clung to her and buried her tear-stained face into her shoulder, but they kept moving. She was pulled away from the memory by the sound of disgruntled groans, a response to a man who had attempted a joke and failed miserably. She joined in briefly, but then excused herself. Sorry, boys, she said, but I think I require a little intermission right now, if only for the sake of getting another drink. Despite offers to wait while one or the other fetched a drink for her, she moved away from her party and stepped closer to survey the atmosphere between Jadan, the Fertilian, and the resurrected Trill. The last post was written by Wraith1701 and read by Billy Bob. Catan paused outside of the afterburner to give his dress jacket a final tug, then brushed a few stray bits of imaginary lint from his pants leg. Satisfied that his pristine white formal gear was in order, he strode confidently into the ship's lounge and stopped dead in his tracks. There, standing across the room, was Ryla. Catan was overcome by a storm of conflicting emotions. First, there was guilt over his tryst with Lieutenant Applegate, which made him want to turn and flee the lounge. But Ryla said she wanted to take things slow. To just be friends for now, he tried to rationalize. In contrast to his shameful desire to run away, he also felt a protective urge to approach the doctor and see how she was doing, to embrace her and assure her that everything was going to be alright. But, in all honesty, he didn't know for a fact that things were going to be alright. 
and her standoffish response to previous such encounters left him feeling the last thing she wanted was a reminder of her injury. Injury? That didn't come close to describing it. As little as he knew about joint trills, Catan still understood that they were basically two beings melded into one. The loss of her symbiont wasn't a mere injury. Part of the doctor had died that day. Catan doubted that she would share a Klingon's perspective on death. The phrase, a good day to die, wouldn't cut it in this situation. From across the room, Ryla glanced at Catan. As their eyes met, he knew that his fantasy of running away was no longer an option. As if it were a blessing from Kalis, the appearance of his good friend Decalan offered Catan a temporary reprieve from his uncomfortable position. He gave Ryla a brief smile and a quick nod, then turned to join Decalan at the bar. Let's uh, start discussing uh, Season 9. All right, So the f- season started off with the captain's log, just kind of describing what's happening. Um, it's th- three weeks later. We're at Starbase 416, and we're just getting repairs on the ship. It's going to take several months, supposedly. Um, just a lot of damage had been done, not only to the ship, but to the crew itself. Um, we didn't lose as many crew members this time around, which was nice. We yeah, tend, otherwise we're going to get a bad reputation. We tend, yeah, we tend to lose crewmen quite Captain a bit. Captain Nathaniel Quinn, <laughs> crew wrecker. <laughs> you know, you don't want to. You don't want to have that for a reputation. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but what we what, what we initiated in the first post was it was we were going to have a, a, a promotion ceremony in the afterburner. So basically, these first few posts were just people establishing where they are and heading to the afterburner. Which I thought was great because everybody wondered who's getting promoted. And that's kind of fun to wonder who's going to get promoted and what's going to happen. But I like this because there's a lot of character development that takes place with the anticipation of getting together with the rest of the crew. Mm-hmm. We've all this big emotional you know, and physical uh, tragedy and craziness. So now this is the first time that they're all getting together for a, uh, for a good thing. Yeah, and also you and Jen also did a really good Ryla Margon post at the very beginning. Because, um, you know, Ryla, uh, she did lose Dret, her symbiont. So she's just barely starting to scratch um, all the issues that she's about to have. Yeah. Which I thought was a really, it was a really nice post. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Moyer, for joining me on that. Yeah, that's fun. I've been having fun uh, collaborating with several people are coming to see Margon at this point, and um, it was kind of cool. to. I was just trying to think of how I would react to different types of personalities, and especially with the one with Ryla, we're, tr- you know, we're thinking about now she used to be a joined species, and now she's all by herself, and that's a, that, that doesn't happen. I mean, it's, not, it, it's normal the other way around where the host dies, but the symbiont stays alive. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And and this is flipped around, so we really haven't seen this in any of the series before. So this is a really cool thing to explore. But what would that host feel like? And I think that's that's awesome. The way that we're approaching this is, you know, maybe she should, you know, change her hairstyle. Maybe she should, you know, start to look at things in a different way and celebrate what she used to have, but be who she is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's kind of fun to to you know have the banter go back and forth with that, and then all the emotions that come with that. Uh, and especially as we go th- into the RP- RPG further, we're going to see what th- that does to her when she comes in contact with people that she was friends with before as a joined species, and now she's mm-hmm. not. So mm-hmm. very cool. Yeah, I, I love it. It's a fascinating storyline through the whole thing. I think it's great. Thanks. 
And also, and poor Margon, I mean, he went through some pretty traumatic stuff last season, and there is no counselor for Margon to talk to. So I thought it would be funny if you had your character visit, like, a famous psychiatrist in the holodeck. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It would be funny if you were talking, if he was talking to Sigmund Freud and it kept coming yeah. up. He kept saying how, that everything was a sexual make, innuendo. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Yes. Well, you, and you notice a cigar that I, is just a cigar. Yeah, I say, yeah, that's right. I just um, I set myself up for that, though. You notice when uh, I'm in the in my quarters uh, petting the cat, uh, mm-hmm. basically having a pity party for myself, looking at the fire with a blanket around me, and I've got root beer bottles and Kleenex strewn around the room. <laughs> and and uh, and I thought, wouldn't it be funny to say the the words who count who because you had mentioned this, Jen. So I wrote in um, who counsels the counselor. You know, with a little tear coming out of his eye. But then he's got to get it together because he's going to go be with all of his friends and crewmates and patients. Yeah. So that was very fun. That was very cool. And um, what else has happened on this first? It's hard because we're. I think people are posting so much. We've only read the first 20, and I think we're up to like 35 posts. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to to single out, you know. Well, DeCallan, DeCallan is back in the in a scene here. Yep, and uh, Eric, um, Eric also. Now, does he come in the first twenty? Things? Yes, he, he comes and talks to Counselor uh, Margon as well, doesn't he? Well, not yet. He no, yeah, I don't think that happens in the. We first- are. We're going to talk though. That's what. Yes. That's why we've got a post that we're working on. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but I thought it was interesting. Um, um, his first post was all about the kids and Rory mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and it's kind of catching us up where 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 they've been. Mm-hmm. What they doing so that's cool and then of course uh uh joseph DeCallan is getting ready to to get to the um to the uh what do you call it the ceremony that's mm-hmm. right. and he's with the nurse he's with nurse kane nurse which kane. is interesting too because he there's this awkwardness between them yeah like because his his wife and his children were murdered you know right before he joined um the arabella and that wasn't that long ago. So he has this relationship with the nurse, Nurse Kane, that started kind of last season, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And right. Um, she has something for him, you know, feelings for him. And he's yeah. just kind of like inching a little bit back a little, <laughs> which is interesting. Yeah. Yes. So. It's very then, cool. Of course, we have some new writers that have posted already in the first. Yes. Thank you for mentioning that. Yes, we yeah. do. I was just going to say that. I was just looking at uh, Dan Angelus. Yes, that's right. Angelus. 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 <laughs> yes, he has a new character, uh, Lester, Instant Lester mm-hmm. Garris, um, which he posted, which was great because he did. He, he's you know, he, yeah, he's an engineer, and he came aboard at four uh, at Starbase four sixteen, um, and and integrated himself nicely into uh, into the the crew. I mean, he seems a little, you know, a little standoffish from the crew right now, but that's obviously he's brand new, so. That's right, Well, And I know there's a rule that we don't have any more spies on the ship. Oh, no spies, yes. But uh, if he was, he'd be a dangerous Dangelus. <laughs> <laughs> and if he lived in Los Angeles, he'd be a dangerous Dangelus in Los Angeles. <laughs> but uh, we won't go there, will we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I know he's... He, and what a great accent. You really should be reading for the uh, RPG, Dangelus. He is. Yep. Well, well good. Yes. Yes, he has a great I voice. Like so. He has a wonderful accent. He does. He has a nice accent. All of our so, British, all of our British people have yeah have great accents. So yes, 
That's why I listen to the Waffle On podcast. That is just, I mean, you have to really listen carefully, but it's awesome. <laughs> it is really cool because I, I know those guys. How cool is that? Or at least I, I, I know Matt. Need- yeah. I think it would be fun to have, I mean, I like that about um, different people reading for the RPG because it's more, it sounds more Star Trek. Mm-hmm. You have very varying accents yeah. to um, add to this, you know, the narration. Yeah. And it would be fun if, if any of our listeners out there are from any other countries that can speak English well, if they, you know, called us up and, or um, emailed us and asked to read some, some posts. posts. Yeah. We love that. Yeah. I mean, right now we have Canadian and we have English or England and then we have American. Mm-hmm. So any Hispanic That'd be countries cool. out there would be cool. Or German. German. Yeah. German or yeah. French. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we, we have Katrine, don't we, from, from Germany. Germany. That's right. And if we don't get enough people to do that, we could just do the accents ourselves. Uh, no, we already went there and it didn't well, work. No, right. it didn't we work got, so well. No. For that, People we? got offended. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> All right. Gosh. Trying to always get us in trouble, Rick. I know. I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, you sound like the Pink Panther. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> or Jacques Cousteau. <laughs> we are exploring the octopus. <laughs> he has eight legs. So Casey's uh, oh. new. Yes, Casey's new, which I I love her character just because it's so different. Mm-hmm. She's playing an Orion uh, woman who uh, was raised singer. Uh, yeah, who was raised by humans though. Mm-hmm. Um, no, 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 no. Her mother is. Um, oh, that's right. Her, was Orion, and her father was human. But she's half. She's, she's half. half. Yeah, but she's and her mother pink. is a part of the syndicate and right. left her father when she was a baby. Yeah, so really good backstory. Yeah. yeah, it's very. I look forward to seeing where she goes, and she's already been on the ship, which is great because she just integrated herself right into. Mm-hmm. The she story. was yeah. She picked right up with the the battle, you know, that she was actually in the lounge when Rila was killed, which was interesting to have that different perspective of what happened. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I, I never cool. wrote about what happened to Marin and how she got out of the lounge. I just wrote from Rila's perspective, hearing her yeah. being brought past her as she was dying. She heard the the child crying as she tapered off. You know. Yeah. So, so it was really interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. And I, I would suspect that most of the ladies on the ship will be green with envy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Yeah. Anyway, no, well, seriously, Casey, great job on mm-hmm. uh, jumping right in there. And your writing skills are great already. I was just like, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Obviously, you are a, a well-educated woman. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to bring up another really good post. It was a joint post with In Stitches and you, Jen, with uh, Ryla and Mackie. Mm-hmm. That was really. I thought that was such a neat post. It was just it was it was neat to see because you know they were you know they had that budding friendship and this just developed so much uh, of their friendship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get so much in that little bit of the post. Yes. Yeah, Mackie is so much fun. Oh, Mackie. I keep calling her Mackie. <laughs> Desi. <laughs> that, her, her real name is Desi outside yeah. of the forum. Yeah. And she is hilarious. She, she's an improv. Oh, she's like a rival against you, Rick. If we ever get you two together, I'm yeah. scared. <laughs> I've, I've heard that we could be dangerous together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Don't let her have any. There would, be, there would be no end to puns. You guys would no. just, we would just sit back. Jen and I would sit back and let you guys go at it. Well, and we would have fun as long as she doesn't bring her knitting needles. That'd be fun. Because <laughs> I don't, you know, uh-huh. no no weapons, please. But she's also very 
good writer. And yes. I've been, I love collaborating with her because it, it just, it just happens. It's, like it's so detailed it and it's bam, bam, very bam, well bam. done. And, yeah. and her character is so interesting to begin with because she gives off pheromones. Yeah. You know, and they affect moods and, I just I just like her character. I think it's so unique to the Star Trek universe that we've built. It is. I've uh, I've never heard of that type of. I think that's just a really unique setup. And yeah. I just think most of her posts really smell, and I just love that about. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fun to uh, it's fun to um, write with her about that stuff because she just pops it up there, you know, yeah. whatever smell that is. And it, we were using Zoho Writer, that uh-huh. free um, website account that you can use to yeah. collaborate, yeah. and. I could see in real time as she was typing and then it was my turn. And then I would add, and we have a little text box open and commenting on what we were <laughs> writing so and joking funny. with one another about it. And it happened so fast and the it, post was done. It was so much fun. It, yeah. It by quickly. Yeah. But yeah. Well, that's very, that, that was a really well done post. I enjoyed that one. And then Brian is back with us this time. Um, yeah. Season. He had to drop out last for a, for a while, but uh, Brian's yeah. back and and he wrote a little bit for Dunn. He did Dunn and Kareth. Yeah, got I, think, I still think I find it funny that Kareth is wearing bicycle gear, cycling gear. I can't see I this laugh. big giant Klingon wearing these tight little speedo, tight little pants, <laughs> running through the hallways back to his quarters to get change for the afterburner. I was laughing. I just think I that's hilarious. That's Brian, right there. But that man. is so Brian. Yeah. But that, yeah, he did. Ni- he did two nice little posts, but it was great because he got his character into yep. the position yep. that it needed to be in. And of course, um, Shepard is writing again this time, which, which is, is great. Is- yeah, he's yep. done several posts too. Yeah, it's, it's great. Is the people who who said they would come back have come back, and they've come back really well. And, you know, Shepard's done two posts already. Okay, with, Let- within our twenty, Do we get to talk about uh, Wraith seventeen oh one's. Quite um, descriptive, but tastefully done post. Oh, yes. Post number eight. Yeah, post number eight. Wow. Yeah, him and uh, Lieutenant Applegate. Yeah, Katana. Which I'm like, I'm like, I wonder if he was really, you know, picturing Christina Applegate. Yeah. I don't know. In that, in that, posi- in that uh, role. Yeah. I don't it's, know. Yeah, he called her Lieutenant Applegate is the, is the woman that Katan sleeps with. All I know is that when I was reading the post and I, I, I read a soft, warm hand landed on his naked thigh, I went, Whoa. Did you blush? Come on. <laughs> Whoa. What are you doing, buddy? Uh, and, then, and then thinking to myself, oh, my gosh. As soon as I read that, though, I thought, uh-oh, there's going to be problems because he used to like Ryla. Yep. And uh, what would happen now? He used to. He still does. Space opera. Yeah. So... But yeah, that was a, wanna, it was a very it was a very well done post. It was very tasteful. Mm-hmm. Got his like, point across, and you felt really bad for the guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially since I I think doesn't she say that she doesn't really want to have a relationship? It was just a romp in the hay. Yes. Is that kind of like mm-hmm. thing? Is he's like, uh, uh, okay, <laughs> all right, well that'll work, sure. You know, but at the same time, you know, I mean, that's nice to say, but it's not doesn't always work out that I know. way. Well, she tells him, "Don't get clingy on me." <laughs> clingy, don't get cling, don't get cling on on me. <laughs> don't be a cling on. But yeah, that was a very well done post, and he, he did another one too. Um, post number twenty, the very last post, which was really well done, with him uh, seeing Ryla across the room. Oh, that's right. They, they, making they, eye contact, yeah. and he, he, him being uncomfortable and not sure what he should do, and 
he finally veers off to the right to his friend to call in and uh, kind of leaves Ryla sitting there. And of course, now we also get updated on the relationship between uh, Dick Allen and um, what's her name that he has a um, Crane Susan. Well, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Susan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I we just have I just have fun experimenting with an Australian accent in my post. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Joseph Dick Allen. I got to do that, and and everybody, if you've read on there, you know, ahead, you'll get. I got to actually use his voice, which is kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So um so I guess is that pretty much the that's our first twenty posts. It's just people getting themselves into the afterburner, getting ready for the uh promotion ceremony, which you know, we are promoting two of our officers, um Lieutenant or actually Ensign Dunn and DeCollin. Yes, Joseph DeCollin. Joseph DeCollin is our second one. I was going to yeah. say, I, we forgot to mention the fact that Jadan is, um, because you remember Jadan was the one who carried Ryla. Yeah, Jadan has ended up in a lot of these posts. Yeah, well, he's he's, he's like a social the, butterfly all over the place. He's hosting the party at, at, uh, yeah. at the afterburner yeah. ceremony. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was interesting that he finally, him and Ryla came into contact. And um, he was feeling awkward. She was feeling awkward, but they kind of worked it out. And then, of course, Ryla, um, I like this about her without the symbiont she's I, th- I think she's gonna use her humor a little bit more to mask some of the feelings that are going on at least that's mm-hmm. what i i get from your post jen that mm-hmm. that uh she seems to have that in her personality more than than when she had the symbiont with her so yeah so anyway they have this awkward inner you know awkward banter back and forth and then it kind of relaxes a little bit and then uh and then uh ryla makes a joke and makes it a little bit better so yeah Way to go, Ryla. <laughs> <laughs> and now everybody's coming in. And now the captain, you're, you're, Nathan, you, Nathan, Kenny, your, <laughs> your character is now in the afterburner. You've, you've, I'm hanging in. out at the bar at the afterburner. That's yeah. right. Nobody's, nobody's acknowledged you yet, but you Nobody, are. Yeah. <laughs> Ryla watched him. Ryla watched Ry- him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. She's, people just keep coming up to her and talking to her so she can't get away. But that, I loved the first post you wrote with, um, uh, Nathan getting ready and oh, um, yeah. t- telling him, leave it, leave yeah. it. <laughs> Kept playing. Well, you know, Nathan's gained a little weight. He has. It's been a while since he uh, put he's on a dress field, yeah. Him. So yeah, so he just he keeps fussing with it because he so knows that like- he knows the ceremony is important to these people because they just came off this huge battle. Huge, you know, we lost people, and this is supposed to be a fun time. So mm-hmm. he's just nervous. It's, it's a festification. Uh, Dude, let's quit bickering and arguing about who killed who. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Monty Python came back yes. and just it's not right for my idiom, sir. <laughs> I was just gonna say that when you wrote that he had gained a little weight, I immediately thought of Fat Lee from Because he kind of looks like Lee Don. He hasn't gained that much weight. I know, but that's, I couldn't help it. It just popped in my head. They sure did a great job on the makeup, though, because when, when he came back on, I, I just went, oh, my goodness, he's so <laughs> rotund. <laughs> and how did I was thinking, how did he gain all that weight? And then, was that good for him? Because then he had to lose it all. And, and then, of course, it was makeup. Yeah. It, uh, of yeah. course. I guess if they can do it with Weird Al and eat it, they can do it with Lee well Adama and Battlestar. That's right. Yeah. Well done, makeup. I haven't Dude. seen you around Burger World lately. <laughs> Fat. I'll show you fat. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'm a Weird Al fan. Can you tell? 
Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just a fan of weird. <laughs> um, okay, so where? And then of course we had Casey, and then and then the last one was was um, Wraith seventeen oh one again with Catan, and he and he comes into um, the afterburner. So that's all we can talk about. And there's so much more. I know there's so much more, and we can't say anything not until next week. So I think that that's going to do it for the story so far for this week. Diagnostic complete. Initiating RPG protocol. For this week's RPG protocol, I just wanted to bring up that um, this is a kind of this is a season in which everyone's kind of doing their own thing. So, if you want your character to interact with another character, be sure to talk to that person yes. beforehand because they could have another plan and be working on another um, like a joint post with someone else, and then you've put them in another location. Yeah. Story. Yeah. So, and that could be kind of hard for them to then figure out how to get their character from point A to point B to bridge, you know, between their post and, and what you've already written without talking to them. Yeah, definitely. So, um, it's, it's a really easy PM them and just ask them, you know, do you mind if I meet your character in the, in the hallway so we can discuss something, you know, something really simple and just work with each other on uh, coming up with ideas. But that doesn't mean don't do joint posts. I mean, everybody, you know, joint posts seem to work best. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with character building stuff, you know, um, it's really, it's really cool to interact with other people. This is the time to do it when you actually can have really good joint posts. So I'm not saying don't joint post with people. It's it's great. If you can joint post, just, you know, I think uh, you can build a better story if you do joint post with people more more than just doing solo stuff by yourself. It's yeah. not that hard to do. I think the the thing that I've I've really enjoyed, and sometimes you know some of us are busier than others, or or you know or have certain time dedicated, and, and some of us don't. Mm-hmm. And so what I find is really great. Like um, uh, like Just X um, wanted to visit Councilor Margon, so he he said, "What do you think?" And he kind of gave me a backstory of what he was thinking, and I thought ah, that sounds great. I can play with that. Mm-hmm. And so he he just started. He just was aggressive enough to just start it off and threw throw me the first part of the post. Then I threw him the next part. Then he threw me the next part, and I threw him back the next. And now, yeah. now I have a post ready to go as soon as the ceremony's over. Yeah, yeah, and it's it, they all started that a long time ago too, right? Yeah. Just yeah. like yeah. several days well, ago. So it's not like well, you and you I, have to- Jen, you and I did the same thing as far as Ryla visiting Margon. We, mm-hmm. You know, we we just went back and forth and and said, well, insert what you think she would say here. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and okay, well, what Mar- how would Margon respond? Or or even you you've even written lines for Margon. I say. And said, is this what he would say? Yeah. Yeah, so that's one thing I do I do like about, especially with like Wraith or Jin or um, uh, Just X, they all do, they know the character so well that they can actually write your own character. Uh, yeah, so, I, you love, know, I love that. I love being Yeah, me to too, because I mean, I like, because especially with my schedule being so busy, it, it I still feel like I'm participating because she'll send me it, I'll read what Quinn says, and I'll change a few things if I don't think it's right. appropriate or if I see it a different way and we always come up with a really good, but Jen will do most of the writing and I just kind of go over it really quickly. And that's another benefit of having a joint post. Cause then you feel like at least your character's moving forward, even though you're super busy, your character's still in play. Right. Yeah. So when you're ready to post, your character's already done this big thing that you can actually start posting on. Right. You know, it's, it's just, it, it, that, it's just a great benefit to have a joint post. Well, I, I also enjoy being able to send something. I'm not the greatest writer in the whole wide world. So, Me neither. So I love being able to send something to you, Jen, and then you kind of retool it a little bit. Make it <laughs> sound wonderful. I go, wow. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way. 
I'm, and then I'm topic, sorry. Actually, you were really good. I, I listened to the the special ready room you did last week of your backstory, and I, I as I was listening, I I went on my walk and listened to part of it, and then I was washing dishes and listening to part of it, and just I just I appreciated your depth as a writer, and I thought, man, you. You really, you know, I know you're working at a water park and doing graphics and stuff. But <laughs> I'm telling you, lady, you, you need to write because it's fabulous. I mean, it's be- it's better than some of the Star Trek novels I've read. I mean, it's really good. And anyway, I'm not trying to, you know, embarrass you or anything, but I just no. think, wow, it's a really cool to read that kind of. I mean, this is great, great yeah. stuff. Yeah. Thank you. I'm very. Th- that's very. That's a big compliment. <laughs> we got to figure out so. a way to send your stuff in to somebody who knows what they're doing, so so that we can. Uh, See you. I could just see it. Can you? Wouldn't that be awesome to see a Star Trek novel written by our friend Jen? <laughs> written by so- a lot of a lot of the writers on our forum could probably yeah. do that. So, yeah. Cool. But, uh, Maybe thanks. We'll do a Star Trek novel by a fan group. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say Star- that the Treks and Sci-Fi RPGers. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> it was. It was hard. I didn't want to send that to Rico after I edited it all. You know, because I'd been working on that for like a, a year and a half, and it started out as my experiment in writing. Because I always, I always like to write, but I didn't know how exactly. So it started out kind of rough, and I kind of borrowed ideas from people. And, and some lines are, are probably um, not right out of my own head, you <laughs> right. know, at the beginning of the the post. But it's it was kind of like my training wheels, I guess. And towards the middle, I started doing most of everything right out of my own head so but it, it was a little bit nervous i was very nervous about giving it to rico because i i know that not everybody reads it and at least my backstory yeah and it was different than writing something in the rpg that everyone reads and you get to collaborate with everyone right, on was, and then then different. having something that you came up with on your own right. and submitting that to be put you know in the feed was a little different and it was i don't know i was very nervous about it but i'm glad you like well it's too bad we don't all live in the same area because it wouldn't it be awesome to do like have nights where we get together and people do monologues on their character and i mean get up and you know and and just get in character and and talk about themselves that's what i felt like when i was listening to it it was it was like an opportunity to glimpse back into the history of this person that's completely made up but you don't really i mean as you're as you're listening you're going Wow! Wow! I guess I'd react that way, or oh gosh, I'm so sorry for that, you know. Or it's just—it's really, really cool. But anyway, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Well, what was the rest of my protocol? Let's see. Sorry. No, no, no. That sidetrack, Rick here. <laughs> um. Lieutenant yeah. So, if yeah, write a backstory. That's a good way to practice for yeah. any new RPGs or anyone who wants to get better. I mean, try that. Or, or like yeah. right now, you know, because everyone's kind of waiting for me to write the ceremony. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and write into your backstory. Yes. If you feel the urge that you have to write now, do then it in your do it in your backstory. I mean, fill up. Yeah, that's speaking of backstory, uh, the Aria, Aria and Savril in the Mirror Universe. That story's still going that's on. That's so yeah. great. Yeah, and it's happening in the backstory. In Ori's, Aria's profile, and it's paralleling kind of what Eric is writing now. Yeah. I mean, what Chris is writing for Eric right now. So you get to see Savril's perspective and her perspective. children's perspective so cool. and Eric's perspective. Yeah, it's very so, cool. And it ties in also with my Savril backstory. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's all, just, it's all interwoven. It's great. But yeah, it's you fun. definitely, definitely uh, work on your backstories if you have some downtime and 
you don't know where to take your character at the moment or you're waiting for something to happen, just pop in, do a paragraph of your backstory. That's yes. good. Um, yeah, just it, it definitely it doesn't it helps not only the the readers or the listeners who are doing this, but it also helps you in just developing your character more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to listen to music while I'm working on my backstory. In fact, the Backstory Boys have some excellent. Uh, oh God! Uh, I was I was afraid that was going there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll write it your way. Okay. Uh, I'll write it your way. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, awesome. I think well, we're done. Yeah. Well, one more thing. One, one more thing. thing. Okay. I just wanted to remind um, some of the people who are. Um, it's been a while since they rejoined the RPG. Maybe they were on hiatus for a while. You know, even in the other seasons that mm-hmm. we've done. Just reminding you all to um, do spell check and reread your posts before Please. you put them up because um, it's difficult for the readers for the ready room to read posts that are. They have a lot of mistakes in them. So yeah. you'll do them a courtesy of ty- you know, doing that yourself and making sure you don't yeah. have any typos. I mean, and, and spell check is built into the posts. So when you yeah. post something, there's a spell check button. Just, or you can just right click on the underline thing and it gives you, uh, gives you options. Yeah. Or at least mine does. <laughs> yeah. That or just put your, your post together in like a, a word, word document. Yeah, I do yeah, that. Word document document do my, yeah. That has thesaurus capabilities and dictionary and spelling and stuff like that because that'll help yeah. you. And then you just copy and paste. So sometimes typos are hard to avoid, and I usually find them after I post them. And then I yes, back I know. Because I, I read your post, and then I see that you corrected it, and I'm like, oh, what did yeah. she change? And I have yes. to go back and reread it, and then you'll change it again. And I'm like, oh, stop changing. It, it only do that. Like, so just wait. Like, Five minutes after I post something and then read it. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. um, there's always something I missed in the word. Always, yeah. And I can't see it in the, um, the you know, the little reply box. Yeah. And I only see it after I post it. I don't know. It's it's weird. I'm on the same way. Same way. Yeah. Making just, little but check things like that. So. Yeah, please. It just helps everybody all around, especially now that we're reading all the posts. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah, difficult it, to read. It is difficult to read if it's, if, yeah. Yeah. So. I ain't got done much. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't work. Command codes verified. Activating final thoughts. For our final thoughts, um, where do we see season nine? I mean, so far it's been great. I mean, we haven't really done much, just establishing our characters' relationships, and which is what this whole season's about. It's all about character building. So I think everyone's, you know, really done well with that. I mean, there yeah. hasn't been a lot of action, but we have like 35 our posts already in a matter of a week. So I think we were all itching to get back into it. I, I mean, think it was, so, too. Yeah. The hiatus was great. It actually helped a lot. But uh, but then again, too, I mean, when you're when you're doing character development, you get a chance to really deepen your character without worrying about what now, where does he have to be? Or what do they have to do? Mm-hmm. And I think that really brought everybody out of it, into a little more comfort zone of, okay, well, I can write about my character and how they interact with that character. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to see that for a while. And especially after we, we get the ceremony, oh, when you guys get that done. You well, know, keep and, rubbing it in. Oh, no, no, no. I haven't said it yet. I mean, like I could say anything <laughs> about not posting. Jeez. No, I have to. I do have to write that. And by the time this comes out, it will be written and already done and up, and people sure. will be responding to it. So yeah, which will be great. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, because we still have one more new writer to join to join our midst. Yes. So 
They'll nice. be coming. They'll be joining us uh, after the right ceremony. after the ceremony because they um, are they're coming from the star base. So yeah. rather mm-hmm. than um, have them enter the story right in the middle and um, have the flow kind of interrupted, we asked them to wait until the ceremony was over. So did we get a sneak yeah. preview? Do you know who it is? Uh huh. It's um. How do you say his name? Max Fazu. Max Fazu is the yeah. is the is the writer from the forums. That's his forum. And his name. character is an engineer, right? Yes. Yeah. Cool. And he'll he'll be um, working under uh, Katan, Lieutenant Commander Kararth. I mean Kararth. What did I say? Katan. Yeah. yeah Kararth. Cool. Yeah. Well, good. So, yeah. So we're looking forward to having our our last final new member to join us, which would be really mm-hmm. nice. Um, and then we'll move forward. I mean. Right now, so, we have nothing really planned other than it's shore leave, character building. We have the ceremony, and once the ceremony is over, everybody's you know free to roam the ship, roam the planets, find their own little adventure. Very cool. Yeah, should be fun. And before I forget, we actually named season eight. Um, Yay! Call it the perfect <laughs> reflection. Ah, yes. nice. That's what we named eight. Uh, Jen and I tried to come up with a really good name and we yeah, seen well, that seemed yeah. to fit <laughs> perfect came into play because of um the cooperative and their yes perfection. yes let's strive yeah, for perfection, perfection yeah. and then reflection obviously was for the mirror universe mm-hmm. so we just thought it was appropriate very shiny of you guys that's fantastic thank you <laughs> so um yeah so i'm looking forward to season nine um i i we have no idea what's going to happen you know if 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 a really good uh, storyline comes along and everybody's enjoying it, we may just grab onto that and continue with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Very cool. You know, right now everybody is it's a free for all. Right now, I ask everyone to come to the ceremony. Once the ceremony is over, you guys can start your own little adventures and start building those characters. And who knows, it may not last long. You know, this depending on the character building uh, seasons are always difficult to judge how long they will last i think when they're they're always mostly in the patterns that we've had there's a lull you know three quarters of the way through yeah and that's when we think about wrapping up and finding a new i think that it'll be the same i mean we'll we'll sense that you guys are really good at moderating and making sure that it yeah goes keeps going on in a nice little clip yeah i mean each season's different it just depends you know i mean i'm looking at these now and you know we had season one had 185 posts season two had 72 Season three had ninety eight. Season four had two hundred nine. Season five had one hundred and twenty one. Six had one hundred and forty. Uh, season seven had two hundred and fifty eight. Wow, that was a big one! And that was that was mass great. That was all done on the hollow deck. Yeah, wow, it was really cool. And then uh, the last one we just had had one hundred and fifty nine. And right now we're at thirty one for season nine. So, you know, well, they they run about two three months. You know, and we'll know. We'll know when the lull comes up, and we won't let it drag out. We'll just stop it and come up with a really cool idea for season ten. Wow! I know. I can't believe it. Ten seasons. I think we should do season X for season ten. The Roman season Union. X. <laughs> season X. <laughs> Put X on everything. Remember, uh, like in Stargate and everything. The. Um, uh, Wormhole Extreme, and <laughs> put X on things, and everybody loves it. Cool, it's that's the, right. The new thing. All right, so I, uh, I think that's it. That's are, it. Are we done? Huh? All right, so that is going to do it for this week's The Ready Room. 
Um, oh wait, before we leave, we all have we all now have podcasts. Why don't we promote our podcasts? Hey, okay. shameless! All three of us, shameless plug. plug. We'll Come on, yeah. All three of us have them. Well, start <laughs> out, Kenny. You got you. You've had a phenomenal first week. Yeah, I just started um, a week ago. Uh, it's a new podcast called Knights of the Guild, and it's a podcast about the web series The Guild. Um, you can find out more at knightsoftheguild.podbean.com, or, or you can go to iTunes and subscribe there. Um, it's a really fun podcast. It seems to be doing re- really, really well. Uh, our first week, we've had 1,700 listeners for episode one. That's awesome. In just one week, which is mind-blowing. So Phenomenal. It comes, yeah, it comes out the 15th of every month, but... Um, we are. It's so popular that we actually decided that we're going to be doing little microcasts in between. Um, just when anything pops up, we'll do a little microcast just to keep people entertained until the the big podcast comes out again. But uh, thank you to all the Trucks and Sci-Fi listeners. If you guys are listening to that, um, I really appreciate it. And how about you, Rick? You've had some really good success. Yeah, a brand new podcast called Take Him With You, and I started it uh, at the beginning of February, and we've had uh, quite a few people sign up on iTunes, and I'm getting some great feedback. Basically, it's a podcast that kind of explores my faith without getting um, boring and... Preachy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, sometimes I get a little preachy, but that's just me. But I, but I, I preface it and let everybody know I'm going to be that way. Yeah, I don't think you get too preachy though, which is yeah. nice. <laughs> I try not to. <laughs> anyway, I try to use terms and and talk just normal, just about my experience and my faith and stuff. And then, of course, I talk about geeky things. And I talk about TV and uh, let's see what else do I do? Oh, I play some of my music on the on the podcast as well, so people can hear some of the music that I've written and performed and. That's kind of fun. And then, of course, I talk about my cool geeky friends like you, Kenny, and you, Jen, and Angela, and Rico. And, and I just have a great time. It's been really, really fun. And uh, I'm, we're starting a brand new newsletter coming up in March as well uh, called The Weekly Encouragement. And uh, that'll come out on Mondays. And if people subscribe to that, that's kind of what we're doing to make money as a family as I've resigned my position at uh, my former workplace. And I'm doing this full time. And it's a blast, but lots of lots of listeners, and it's exciting. And you can go over and check out our website at www.takehimwithyou.com. There's the shameless plug. It was fun. Very cool. And, Jen, of course, you have the well-established podcast now. But you might as well yeah, plug it again. Winning, the award-winning. The award-winning. That's right. <laughs> the award-winning oh, podcast. Award-winning, award-winning anomaly podcast with Angela and Jen. And, um, Kenny, I wanted to thank you for playing our promos on your show because yes, you. usually it would be the other way around where the where the baby podcast would ride the coattails of the <laughs> of the right. old podcast right. but um we have gotten a lot of interest coming from your show oh yay so um, glad to hear that yeah it's awesome and so oh, yeah, yeah we, we, we even got ready. we even got a comment in our on our website about you guys the anomaly <laughs> They said that they were so excited to find another hot chick podcast. <laughs> Two hot That's chicks. Nice. I was like, great. <laughs> they didn't say that about me. <laughs> the only hot chicks. Oh, never mind. I was, I was, it was when I go to KFC. What's the deal? <laughs> uh. Okay. Well, um, we <laughs> it's very flattering, but how do you respond? So... <laughs> 
um, we just celebrated our one year and two year anniversary. Of, oh, that's so confusing. Um, it's just two years. No, it's, it's one year in iTunes, which is kind of it, one year in iTunes, which was a milestone for us because we we began <laughs> to get people listening and more people were listening because um, when we first created our podcast, we just had a, like a download on our website. Yeah. And the only people who knew about it were people like Rick and Kenny and Sci-Fi <laughs> right. Pool Room and nobody else knew about it. So in actuality, our podcast has been alive for about two years. Yeah. And it only recently was put on iTunes. So yeah. that right. probably, we celebrated the two mile to milestones. Yeah. It, yeah. It's and alive. Thing. And then, and Kenny, as Kenny brought up, um, we did win two awards, which I've mentioned in the forum. But if you don't go to the forum, um, those awards were best panel of um, show hosts and also um, a rookie of the year for Star Wars Fanworks Network, which we are uh, members of. Yeah. So that was um, very shocking because <laughs> Anne and I just do this for fun, and we're like, really? People like us. We feel like Halle Berry. People think you like me. Really like me. um, So anyway, yeah. But you can find us online at anomalypodcast.com. It's really hard to spell, but if you type a misspelling, you'll still find us. And um, you can also search for us in iTunes. Uh, Just type in anomaly or sci-fi and then click um, the alphabetical list and we'll be at the top of that list. Well, that's nice. so, and we're also all interlinked with ourselves. So, I mean, yes, you'll find both podcasts yeah. on my website as well as I know I'm on the well yeah. and I'm and on the engines. And then yeah, also we play each other's promos. We do, yep. which I'll probably we play do. at the end of this. So yeah, yeah. hear them again. And uh, I also wanted to promote our other friend in England, uh, uh, Hawkeye, Hawkeye Meds. Oh, he's he has got a, a great podcast. podcast called Waffle On. Mm. And so it makes me hungry every time I eat <laughs> waffle. Waffle On. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he's he's that's an up and coming podcast, which is really great, also. And of course, you guys are listening to the Trucks and Sci Fi, which is the grandfather of all of our podcasts. Rico, thank you for everything. He, I told him um, he's been such an inspiration to oh, me. Oh, yeah. Uh, his consistency yeah. and his intelligence and just the the way he does the podcast is yeah. so awesome. Well, I mean, it's, it's like Jen said, if it wasn't for Rico, I wouldn't be doing a podcast. Nope, I wouldn't either. You know, he, he was the inspiration, his podcast, his professionalism, his just the way he did everything. I tried to emulate with my podcast that and he's just so encouraging. I oh, that's too. Oh, yeah. Just Very trying helpful. to help you and then helping us by letting us practice by being on his show. You know? I know. I know. I know. So. Yeah. Well, so. that's it. I'm going to sing to him right now. <laughs> did you ever know that you're my hero? <laughs> Sorry. All right. Well, that was so. appropriate. That was very Yes, it was very nice. So um, I think that's going to do it for this week's Ready Room. So I think we're done. I'm Rick. I'm Jen. And this is Kenny. Hailing frequencies closed. And we're done. Woohoo! Hi, I'm Rick Moyer. And I want to tell you about my brand new podcast. It's called... Take him with you. Every week I talk about what's going on in my geeky little world of television, music, and in my faith. My hope is that in a world that can sometimes be really depressing, for that at least a few moments you can be encouraged and smile a bit. So come check it out. www.takehimwithyou.com The weekly podcast that's spiritual, not religious. 
I'd love to have you listen. Thanks. How cool is this podcast? That means that you excellent people who are listening to this cool podcast are even more cooler. How cool is that? So once you finish listening to this podcast, why don't you come over to our podcast and give us a go? We're called Waffle On. You can find us on iTunes. Simply type in Waffle On or go to our webpage and you'll find us at http colon forward slash forward slash waffleon.podbean.com. We do TV. We talk about classic TV from 1960 to 1990. You'll find everything here from sci-fi to comedy, from drama to thriller. Come and check us out. We're called Waffle On. I think if she watched Empire, she would want to watch Jedi. The way that Lucas planned it, um, Star Wars A New Hope was supposed to be able to stand on its own. Mm -hmm. And so it does have a conclusion. That's why we chose... It's not like watching Fellowship of the Ring where you're like, oh, I just sat here for three hours and this stupid story just started. (laughs) (laughs) It's not stupid. I know. I know. Of course it's not stupid. I love it. I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And when you're not listening to this glorious podcast, we would love to have you listen to ours, the Anomaly Podcast. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Greetings, guildies. I'm Kenny. And I'm Jenny. And we're the host of a brand new podcast, Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast of the web series The Guild. Each month, we'll bring you the latest news about the Guild cast, including what projects they're working on and what conventions they'll be attending. Also, we'll be updating you on the current season, be it Season 2, which is currently airing on MSN Video, or Season 3, which is in the early pre-production stage. We'll talk about some behind-the-scenes fun of Season 2, as well as having cast, crew, and fan interviews. So head over to iTunes and subscribe to Knights of the Guild. Or go to our website for a direct download at knightsoftheguild.podbean.com. Zaboo! (laughs) The Ready Room theme and other RPG music was composed by Rick Moyer. All other music was obtained through the Podsafe Music Network.